but you're not, you just visit. We read as follows. Parshas Vaera. Parshas Vaera. So even though we hadn't yet reached Ravi, I think it's in Ravi, correct? Let's see. But it is in this Sedra. Amen. So we're starting to read about the Makos. So in uh, in Ravi, uh, uh, in the Stone Edition, page three twenty six, we read. Prosecute Zion, 17. And it says as follows, so says Hashem. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, read it. Yeah. So says Hashem. Through this shall you know that I am Hashem. Behold, with the staff that is in my hand, I shall strike the waters that are in the river. They shall change to blood. The fish life that is in the water shall die and the river shall become foul. Egypt will grow weary of trying to drink water from the river. Hashem said to Moses, 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 ask Moses, Moshe, say to Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt. Aaron, yeah, good, well said. Over their rivers, over their canals, over the reservoirs, and over all their gatherings of water and they shall become blood. There shall be blood, blood, throughout the land of Egypt, even in the wooden and stone vessels. Okay, Moshe and Aaron did so, as Hashem had commanded. He held the staff aloft and struck the waters that was in the river in the presence of Pari and in the presence of his servants. And all the water that was in the river changed to blood. The fish life that was in the river died and the river became foul. Egypt could not drink water from the river. The blood was throughout the land of Egypt. The only reason I'm reading this is not, is partially to acquaint ourselves with the psukim, and then you have to pay attention to what we're reading. Not in the English, but in the Hebrew. Okay, we're going back to the, to the Old Testament. Yeah, to the original, let's put it that way. Excuse me, I'm sorry for that. Yeah, it's just because of the latest uh, tumult, you know, that I got caught up with. You know what? Okay. Maven uh, Yov. I'm not here to advertise it, so that's it. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Lomergain, Lomergain Vaita. So here we go. The mice is Azoi. Right? We all learn Rashi. Rashi says, as it says, Mefurish in the Posuk, in Posuk Yotes, Vayomer Hashem al Moshe, Emur el Aharon. Correct? Kachas matcho neteyotcho. Says Rashi, Lefisha Hagen Hayaur al Moshe, due to the fact that the Nile River protected, saved Moshe, Keshendishlach Lotech, when he was thrown into the Nile, Lefichoch Loy Lokal, Yodoi, Loy Bedam, Loy Bitzvardim. Therefore, the Nile wasn't. Uh, smitten, wasn't struck by Moshe, it was struck by Aaron, that's why Kodesh Baruch commands Moshe to tell Aaron to do it. So Aaron does it, correct? Wonderful. So Bemele, when we read in the Chumash, it says, take your staff, and then it says in sequence, so he raised his staff, that's referring that's refer to Aaron, to the Chumash. So here the question arises, and this is an obvious question, and this is a question which is brought to our attention by the Rogachover Goin, 
but not just by the Rogan Shavar Goin, also by many Mephorshim. In the Posik Yud Zayin, we read, we read as follows, Koyamar Hashem, Hashem. It says, Hine, Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to Paroi. And he says, Hine, Anoichi, Make, Bamata, Hashem, Beyode, Alamayim, Hashem, Beyore, Veneb, Choladom. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hine, Behold, I will smite, will strike with my staff, with the staff in my hand, the waters in the Nile, and they will be transformed to blood. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I will, right? Nevertheless, it says in the Posuk, thereafter, immediately it says that he commands Aaron to do so, and Aaron does so. So it seems Aaron does so. It doesn't say Aaron did so. It just says, excuse me, who? Don't know. Good question. Actually, take a look at the Posuk in Chof. It says, We'll soon see. Now, what's even more problematic is a Mephurish Apostle in Parshish Beshalach. Take out a Parshish Beshalach towards the end of the Parsha. Now, all of these questions are not mine. They're brought in the Mephurish, brought to our attention in the Medrish, in the Sefer. It's called Medrish Seichel. It's not a Medrish. It's a commentary from one of the Gedele Horishonim, possibly even before the Rambam, but a student possibly of this Medrish Lekach Tev, the Psikta Zutrasri, Abtuvrib Rabeliezer. So, according to the the the, edi- the, the editor, the Mahadir, uh, which is uh, Rab Shloimeh Baber, uh, whatever the case is, let's just take a good look at the Posuk uh, towards the end of Parshas B'Shalach. When it comes to the rock, when it comes to the rock, a lot of Mahmoud's, yeah, pardon, what did you say? Okay, wonderful, you're a big talent, you're a wonderful person, and what you're saying says so mefurish in, uh, hmm. says so, uh, says so, the Chsam Sofer, Mr. Chazayid, Chsam Sofer, some safer on Chumash says so. And Alderech Zeh, possibly, if I recall correctly, maybe the Nitziv Mivalojn in Zamekdover says Alderech Zeh. We'll come to that. But uh, you, can, you can't say so. But get ready for this one. And here you definitely can't say it. Let's go. Time doesn't allow. Let's go. Look at the next passage. Let's move. Ich beitach. De gabe is do und ich schrecksach. Mit nständigen. Oh, here comes, that's it, Rabbi Grona Yashakoyach. That's page 390, 390 in the stone edition. Hashem says to Moshe, when we're talking to the rock, when we have to strike the rock, yeah? So it says, And the staff, which you struck with it, the water, the Nile, kach biyot chava halochta. So Torah says mefurish. The matcha asher hikisa bo yesayor. So whatever pshetl you wanted to say, which is valid where we said it, but here it says mefurish here that this Moshe Rabbeinu happened to strike the yor. Which time? Vazoktir? Which time? Maybe. But there's no other time. That's the only time. You can, you can, yeah, no, excuse me, the yor. Matcha asher biyor is only one time. To my knowledge, to my knowledge, you can check it out in the Barilan disc. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Now, this ha- this is brought to our attention by the Medr Seichel Toiv, and because of these contradictions, on the one hand, it seems that Aaron is striking the the Nile. They ask in motion. Both, both. Good, 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 good. That's what I, we raised it as we were talking. It says both. So, and it's quite obvious in the pasuk. 
He's telling Aaron to strike, like Rashi explains, and then it says clearly Moshe happened to strike it. So what's going on? Both of them did so good. It follows well. It says Vayaz came Moshe Aaron. They're both doing it. Oh, so the Madr Seichel Tov has his take on it, and he claims as follows. He wants to say <clears throat> that Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded to do it, and Aaron was commanded to do it. But due to the fact that the Yeor saved Moshe, as Rashi says, therefore he wasn't allowed to strike the Nile. But he was allowed to bring about the, the Maka, the, 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 the plague. In other words, this what, what the, the, the water should be transformed to blood. He can have part in it, but he can't strike the waters. So there are two parts. If you take a good look and read the Chumash, you'll see this Neteyotcha, right? Spread the stretch your arm out, stretch your hand out, right? And raise your hand up or whatever, however it's translated. And then Umake and strike it, right? Says this Medr Seichel Tev as follows. The Neteyotcha, Moshe Rabbeinu, everything had to go via Moshe Rabbeinu, right? And he says as follows, the, 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 the mata, the staff, so there are Rishonim who learned that there were two staffs. Moshe Rabbeinu had a staff, and Aaron had a staff, and the Ibn Ezra, if I recall correctly, mentions that there may, even be th- there may have been three staffs which were being dealt with, etc. Nevertheless, the Medrash Sechel type's take on this is that there's one staff. And if you take a look at all the psukim in Parshas Shmois, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe by the burning bush, he says, what do you have in your hand? He says, the staff, take the staff, and write, and do it, and the snake, etc. Oh, so it says in sequence, after he makes this, uh, he brings him from the staff, Moshe's staff, there's the snake. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then there in sequence, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands him to take this staff, and with that you will do the signs and the miracles in Egypt. Now, that staff was passed on to Aaron. So Aaron is using Moshe Rabbeinu's staff, which that's the one staff of Moshe, which he's bringing about and doing the, making the miracles with Moshe Rabbeinu's staff. So everything goes through Moshe. Now, nevertheless, so Moshe Rabbeinu is merely doing the Netei Yotcho. So let's take a look at the Pasuk. Which he so, exactly what Yom Okay, okay, I'm a note, I'm a note. Let me just, excuse me, if I'll, I'll listen. I'll tell you, I'll be very honest with you. I looked at so many different Medrashim and Mepharshim that she schwindled me the eugen in the cup. So if I may get something wrong. So I'll try my best to, 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 to crystallize some of the psukim and the statements based on these Mepharshim, and I hope I don't mix them all up. Does it say Matar It does, it does, it does. It's his Matcha. It seems like the psukim is referring to the Matar of Aaron. It says the Seichel Toiv, it's really the initial Matar was Aaron, Moshe's, but he's giving it over to Aaron. But like I say, that's a separate discussion. How many, yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's about the art, it's about the motion which Aaron is holding in his hand. Excuse me. It's, I'm not going out of my way to highlight either, either commentary, but I'm just bringing it to your attention that it so happens to be that the commentaries deal with it. I'm just conveying the pshat of the Medrash Seichel which is saying that there's a, there's a, there's a, a unified effort here, effort, with Moshe and Aaron doing it all, even when it comes to the Nile. And he says as follows Let's just read the Posuk. Hashem says to him, let's take the first post. Look, look what he says, a gewaltige thing. You notice what's in between the make and the bamate? A psik. A psik. Right? What does that mean? So to speak, a kama, right? As if to say, but it's a lot more powerful than the kama. It's breaking it up, it's segregating. A pause. Yeah, fair pause. It's like Vasnachto, but it's stronger than a Vasnachto also. And a Snachto. Okay, good. A Snachto is a pause, isn't it? 
So it's more than the pause or find a better word. Excuse me, sir. Sometimes you come, oh boy, so I'm stuck. Thanks a lot. But let's move. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a boy. I like that. Yeah, Okay, come on, let's go. Make. So he says, no. There's one which is make. There's a make which is, so to speak, bayad or make bamate. There's one make bamate, and then there's another thing, bamate shebiyodi, so to speak, which is only teyotcho. There are two actions happening here. There are two, there are two movements. Exactly, I forgot already the technicalities, how he touches it up. But he says there are two things there. There's a make, which can be either with the teyotcho or with the mate, and then there's another thing about mate shebiyodi. Okay, so you can see there are two actions here going on. Okay, then he goes on. Excuse me, then he says, he tells Aaron, kachmatcho, right? Kachmatcho, right? Matcho. And he says, yotcho. It seems like he's saying it to Aaron. He's saying it to Aaron, but nevertheless, he says that this refers to Moshe. In other words, he says, Moshe. So Moshe has to say, tell Aaron, kachmatcho. Tell Aaron, kachmatcho. But yotcho, that's going back to the beginning of the passage. So Vayomer Hashem is saying as follows. Hashem is saying two things. One thing Hashem is saying, tell Aaron, take your staff. And another thing Hashem is saying, to Moshe, Neteyotcha. You get it? Exactly like Yeah, 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 you've said there. Yeah, fair, okay, good. He doesn't agree with himself. Let's go on. Then we're going on. Then we're going on. And that's why it says, Vayasu Kain, Moshe, Vayaron, Kasher Tziva Hashem. And there are two things. There's Vayorim, Amate. Right? There's a Vayach and there's a Vayorem, etc., etc. So basically, he's, he fits it into the Pesukim throughout that there is a twofold, there's a combined effort here. Moshe Rabbeinu is doing it, Aaron Akoyin is doing it, each one is doing that thing. But the actual striking of the Nile, it's Aaron doing it and not Moshe. Moshe is only stretching his arm out and the like. Um, uh, others definitely don't learn that way and they learn. That as and they take Rashi literally, and that Rashi says that Aaron is the one who's doing it, and it's only Aaron who's doing it, and therefore they would appreciate to say that when Hashem commands, as uh, you mentioned a moment ago, Hashem says, Hashem, uh, is basically uh, what's happening. It's basically, so to speak, he's repeating the words of Hashem, so to speak. It's Hashem really behind it all, right? And that's why Aaron and Moshe have the power and they have the ability to do it. Because Hashem is really activating it all. Okay? They're just implementing it. So therefore, when we, it says, It's really Hashem, it's referring to Hashem. That's what it says, It's like, Says the Amigdover. He wants all to draw a distinction. He claims that where it says, where uh, the, he makes a difference between the Nile and all the other bodies of water. We'll soon come to that. We'll soon come to that. But we're just talking about now the individuals who are doing it. Or, or bring, so the Amik says it, and al because he says, um, It's known, right, that Moshe wasn't a separate entity. Moshe was actually totally subjugated, nullified, nullified to the Lord. He is Eved Hashem. So therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch when he says, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I, it doesn't mean I. He means, it's like it says in, in Kriya Shema, the Chesidus brings, V'nosati yeisi v'schot ha'levem techem. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I will give you whatever it says, uh, the crop and the harvest, etc., right? It says, V'nosati, Moshe Rabbeinu is commanding. I will give, it's Hashem who's giving. But Moshe Rabbeinu speaks as an individual, but he really refers so to HaKadosh Baruch. Imagine the Gorin, in the Gorin, the Gorin is a repetition, the Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, V'nosati, Abervika Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, V'nosati. 
בנוסף היא, איי, 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 חס וחלילה. הלו, נתן ויין, does the Yavitz, he said, Zohar HaKodesh, and no, Zohar HaKodesh, who the Yavitz can cope with, and he says it's definitely an addition for some others. Because it's questionable of the Zohar HaKodesh, Moshe Roshi Rashbi, Rav Shimon Bar Yechoi, wrote the total Zohar, etc. So others want to say it wasn't the Rashbi at all. Comes the Yavitz in a well-known Sefer of his, which he wrote, a special Sefer, called Mitpach HaSvorim, and there he shows and claims, and he writes in his preface, he says, you know, the whole Matorah, my intent in this Sefer is, that to prove the authenticity of the Zohar. Not like others want to say that, God forbid, I want to do the opposite. And he says, therefore, all the strange things in the Zohar were added by other parties. But definitely the core of the Zohar is authentic. And one of the Zohars he can't cope with, which is also found in his Mitpach Aswar, and also in his comments called Zohar Yavitz, published by Bezodar of Cook. He says, I was meant to say, I didn't prepare this, by the way. This is just, by the way, excuse me, just because of your comment, that's what I'm saying it. Thank you. Welcome home. Excuse me. No, no, I wasn't. No, the deeker. So it says in the Zohar Hakodesh, which is quoted in Chassidus Chabad, and Chassidus Chabad can cope with it. And it says, "Man pnei ha'odoin Hashem." It says you should be oil or regal in order to 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 receive, to see, to 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 be to to have the revelation of pnei odoin Hashem, to see the master of the world, which is Hashem. So that's where we go to the base of Mikdash. So it says in the Zohar Hakodesh, "Man pnei odoin Hashem dorashbi." Who is Pnei Odoin Hashem? That is Dod. This is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi. Chas v'cholilo, Zogdor Yavitz. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi says on himself, I'm Pnei Odoin Hashem. Correct? So the Rebbe brings to our attention a Yerushalmi, where it says in Talmud Yerushalmi that it says that, uh, uh, that uh, the, the Shechina was in the, his base Madrish. He says the Shechina, that's the base Madrish where I'm the leader. I'm the Shechina, so to speak. Rabbi Yitzchak de Kisra, it says in Talmud Yerushalmi. So that is, he's referring himself to the Shechina. He's identifying himself with the Shechina. Okay, I'm going on and on. Dinker, I just want to wrap this. What? Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Shekhar. I'm sorry. Hashem behechel kotshay, do Rabbi Yitzchak de Kisra. Says Hashem is behechel kotshay. Hashem finds himself in his chambers. So he says, who is it? Rabbi Yitzchak de Kisra in his best marriage. And I am myself. Rabbi Yitzchak de Kisra, it's Hashem. So he says, no. So soon come to it. The Iker is, so the Yavitz claims that definitely some addition for some strange individual, says Rabbi Shri, says it himself. But according to the way Chesidus Chabad, Alter Balatanya, explains this week, is his Yorotzeit, Baruch In Chesidus, and it's lengthy expositions on it, that the great Jewish sages, like Rabbi Shimon Bar and the like, they were like Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Shimon Bar who was an interest of Moshe Rabbeinu. They had no... Self-identity. They didn't had no identity of their own. They, 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 the whole being was a total subjugation to Hakadosh Baruch like it says in the Chumash Eved Hashem, and like it says in the in, in the Halacha that the Eved doesn't have any identity. He is a nobody. The whole mitzvah of the Eved is the Rabboi. Like it says, the well-known Chidusha Arash, when we say the Gitan also quoted frequently, look at the secrets by the Rebbe. We normally we learn Masha Kono Evet Kono Rabbi. So how do we understand whatever the Evet, the, the the slave acquires, the non-Jewish slave acquires? So it really he doesn't have his own right to acquire. So whatever he acquires doesn't belong to him; belongs to his master. So you know what it says in the Rash, but the Rashi says, don't understand. It's when it says the Evet acquires it, and it really he doesn't belong to him; it belongs to the master. It doesn't. He first doesn't first initially acquire it, and then it's passed on to the master. No, he never. 
never acquired him in the first place. It goes directly. He's like an he's like an extension. His arm, whatever he is, is an extension of the master. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm just going with Rabbi Benosati Yisef. That's why he says that's why Moshe Rabbeinu can't say Benosati, and that's the concept of Shchinim and Daberes It's not some some external uh, like uh, fancy words or Mavartz Mavartz. It's Taka Beemes. Then we say Shchinim and Daberes Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu can say Anoichi, and he's referring to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, he's Anoichi. He has no identity. A Yid who was a Mitzvah for Fnei he feels himself like he's an entity. He can't say Anoichi. Then he's uh, who knows who. Okay, let's go. I'll call upon him. So that's another take on it. And why does it say if that's the case? Vayasu Cain Moshe the Aaron. Correct? If, if it's only Aaron doing it and not Moshe at all. So why is Moshe Vayasu Cain Moshe the Aaron? So the Mephorshim therefore say, as it says in the Sefer, from the great German rabbis in his commentary in, on the So he says that Vayasu Cain Moshe and others say the same, that this is reformed. Moshe, each one did their, their share. Moshe, According to what we're learning, Aaron is actually implementing it. But Moshe brought about, said, made the warning, warned Pari that so will be. So that's why I asked Cain Moshe. Moshe was the one who brought it to Pari's attention, who actually implemented it. So Aaron implemented it. That's what it says further in the Chumash, Vayoram Moshe, Vayoram Bamata. Okay, uh, let me just bring to your attention what the Rogachover uh, att- attempts to, to reconcile it with this approach. And he brings to our attention. Um, a uh, excuse me, uh, a toisvis b'shema Yerushalmi on yeah. Uh, a toisvis in Mesichta of Abbasur that pay base, that pay base on Modalis on the words of the Rashbam. The Gemara says in Mesichta of of Abbasur as follows. It says in the Torah that you have to when one when the one has harvests his crop in Eretz Yisroel, he brings Bikurim. He has to bring the first harvested crop of the seven species which Eretz Yisroel was blessed with. He has to bring them to Yerushalayim. You have to bring Bikurim. So it says in the Torah, you should, you should harvest and you should bring it to the Yerushalayim, to the Beis HaMikdash. Therefore, the Gemara says, the, the Rashbam explains, that this, when does, and the, the rule is, when you bring it, you have to also read the portion, the parshas, the, the Mikra Bikurim, the parsha of Bikurim, etc. as it says in the parsha Sovoy. So there's a mitzvah of bringing the Havoza Bikurim. There's also a mitzvah in addition to also read the parsha's Bikurim, the Mikra Bikurim. Says the Gemara that when do we read the Mikra? So the, the rule is as follows. <coughs> that Mikra Bikurim has regulations. We, don't, we can't always read the parsha's Bikurim. We, we mustn't always read it. And what does it depend on? Says the Gemara. If, it, the, if the, the same individual harvested it and brought it, so he can read, that individual can read the Parshas Bikurim. So therefore, says the Gemara, and the Rashi explains, the Rashbam explains, that for instance, if the owner of the field harvests, and he sends a messenger to bring it to Yerushalayim, we cannot read, the Mikri Bikurim doesn't apply, non-applicable, because we don't have the Velokachta Veivese, it's one, one entity, we have to have the same individual doing both acts, because if the, the owner of the field is, is, is harvesting, and the messenger is bringing, therefore we don't have the Parsha's Mikri Bikurim, we don't read the Parsha of Bikurim. I didn't finish. Excuse me, thank you. But you must have forgotten the rules of the game, right? You've been away. Okay. Anyway, excuse me, please. I'm going to come to exactly what you raised now about the shliach. That's exactly the issues here. Good. Now, 
says, says so, from, so Rashman explains. Now it's definite, if the owner harvests and brings it, that's all his crop. So definitely he says the parish should be kurim. Here comes the Rashbam and says a Givaldic thing. Listen to this. Pay attention, but the Rashbam says, if the messenger, he has a shliach who harvests it, cuts the, the crop, and he also is the messenger to bring it to Yerushalayim. Okay? So we have the one individual doing both acts. Says the Rashbam, listen carefully, we can say the parish should be kurim. Okay? We read the Parshas Bikurim. Now, what does it say in the Parshas Bikurim? Vehevesi. Right? I brought the Bikurim. One moment. And it says in the Parshas Hashem. And we're thanking Hashem for the land He's given us, for the, for the fruits and the lands He's given us. Says the Rashbam, when it's all done by the messenger and not by the owner, listen, the Shriach cannot read the Parshas Bikurim because he has to say, Hashem he can say Vehevesi. But he cannot say Hashem Nosatali Hashem. Hashem didn't give it to him. It belongs to someone else. So the Rashbam says, when it says that he, the messenger, the rule is that the messenger, if he does it all, we can read the Pasha's Bikurim. You know who reads it? The owner. The owner. Guess what's going on? The owner is sitting and fiddling his thumbs back home, right? His messenger harvested it and brings it. He stands in the base of Migdosh. And, no, excuse me, Mr. is coming to the base. I'm English and saying it. But whatever the case is, he is not the one who harvested it, and he's not the one who brought it, right? Nevertheless, he reads Behevesi. He says the Parshas Bikurim. He reads the Parshas Bikurim. Now, who brought it? The pearl. The pearl, who brought it? The messenger brought it. Nevertheless, the owner can say Behevesi on someone else's act. He can say, I brought it. He brought it. The messenger brought it. You see, but the, the concept of Shlucha Shalom works in a very extreme way here. We know the concept is that the Shliach is regarded like the, like the, like the sender, right? But the, like the Mishaleach. But the way we generally interpret that to mean that normally when the sender should be doing it himself, the shliach has right to implement it if he's appointed by the Meshavalech. So it's regarded, if the, if the shliach does it, it's regarded as if the Meshavalech does it, right? But here we have an interesting phenomenon, that the shliach can do it, and the owner can read Vehevesi, even though he does nothing. That's what the Rajbam says. Says to his, excuse me. According to that, says the Rogit going, the parsha works wonderfully. Why? Because even though Aaron is the one who's striking the Nile, He's the messenger, right? Aaron, Moshe and Aaron. And Moshe appoints Aaron to do it on his behalf. Like it's like they set up the deal, right? That Aaron is the one who's doing it. It can't be so, right? He's just behind him, etc. Like the Chumash says before, right? So Aaron is doing it on behalf of Moshe Rabbeinu. He's the Shliach, right? Nevertheless, so he's actually doing it. Nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hine anoichi, I'm doing it, right? Anoichi make. Anoichi make. Aaron is make. So he says, according to the Rashbam, just like the Balim, the owners of the fruits, can say, hey, Vesi, hey, Vesi, I brought the fruits, even though Anechtikotov, the messenger, brought it. Here, too, even though Aaron is the one who's striking, Moshe Rabbeinu can say, I'm striking. Ober, what's the problem? Why is the Rogan Shabbat happy? Because Toysvis and Mesichta Bavabasha, that paid base, quotes this Rashbam, and he says, from the Yerushalmi, it would seem that the owner cannot say, hey, they see, hey, they see. In a case where the messenger does it all, right? And the, owners do, the owner does nothing, and he's just, uh, just passive, he cannot say, hey, they see, because the fact is, he didn't bring it. And because he's passive, I didn't look at the Yerushalmi, I relied on the Rogan and the Toysavis. And Toysavis says, so is understood from the Yerushalmi. Yeah, but you can't say, because 
יפה, נוח בסר, יש כוח, נוח שטארקה, גור גוט, אדנק, אוקיי, אבל... That's your addition. But the Rebbe Trevor is happy enough to say that this in itself that he doesn't, right? You can't say Ve'evesi even though the Rajvan tried to say it. So it's clear from the Toysis Bishama Yerushalmi it doesn't work in the case of the Bikurim. And if it doesn't work in the case of the Bikurim, it can't work here either. So then we come back to our initial question. If Aaron is the one who's actually implementing it, how is Moshe Rabbeinu saying that I did? Okay, good. Which, with that, we could have also reconciled what it says later on, right? In Pashas Vishalach, where it says, take the staff which you, you strike the, 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 the Nile, we could have also reconciled it with the same way, right? But nevertheless, we remain, it remains problematic according to this Toysvitz B'Shem Yerushalmi. Here comes the Rogachover. The Rogachover says as follows, something very, very novel, and it's very late. Take a look at the Chumash. And he highlights two gewaldige things. But you have to pay attention. Read it well. I'll just give you, you know, I'll just convey to you the general idea. Number one, there are two categories of bodies of water. One category is quite obvious, and that is the Yaur. And as Rashi says, that the reason we're actually striking the Ya'ur before we strike the people, right? Before we affect the Egyptians or Paroi, we're affecting the waters. Why? Because that is their deity or deity, however you meant to say it in Australia. I say deity. deity, and some said to me in Australia, they say deity. deity. So Simeon says deity. Anyway, L'chaim V'levrocha, even though the professor's not here, but someone else said it, so whatever, however you like. I'll call upon it. So Rashi says, Yerosam Hilko Yerosam. He strikes their, the, the thing they fear. Is it actually an Avedis or not? We discussed that already, right? So there's something they, they, they are in awe of. They're, they are in awe of. And therefore, we're doing it first to the Nile. So the Nile has a separate, so to speak, it's, it's, it's a separate category, a, a, a cattle of fish here, a separate cattle of fish, a separate, yeah. Okay, we'll soon talk about the fish. Get ready. Okay, and then, and then, there are so many other bodies of water naturally in Egypt. I haven't ever visited there, right? And I think you should keep away, because I think there was just there, yeah, don't visit Egypt recently, I think there's something like that. Oh, that was a Bangkok, sorry. Okay, whatever, it's good. Uh, but keep away, don't look for trouble. But it's obvious, take out a map or a Google or a hen and a hair. It's partial, right? You can take which bus, which Egged bus takes you to Cairo? Huh? Which Egged bus? Anyway. If we came, let's get far Okay, we turn this from the Mitzrayim, yeah? Takes 40 years to get there. Yeah, back. Yeah, okay. Is the Rikir is Azoi. Hanyo. Okay, so there are many different areas of, 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 of where water is gathered in Egypt. Poshet. And look at the Chumash. The Chumash actually enumerates so many of them. Take a look at Posecutes, right? In Posecutes, we read, right? Where we reread. Over their rivers, over their canals, over their reservoirs, and over all their gatherings of water, etc. Right? So look what's going on. It never ends. Okay? So there's natural bodies of water. There are canals or whatever, swamps and things which are just gathered water. They, they, they filled it with water, whatever it is, etc. Rashi explains all the specific details and the defini- precise definition of each of these uh, sections of uh, uh, expre- expressions of the Torah. All right. Take a good look throughout the Chumash and you will see an interesting thing. He says, whenever we're referring to the Nile, pay attention, it says, Nehepach. The waters were transformed to blood. 
get it? That's touch nepach, right? Mahapecha, yeah? Transform. The change. Mahapach. Mahapach. Pashto zakiv koton. Mahapach. What's a mahapach? In the Yisrael, the mahapachot. Mahapachot in the Middle East, yeah. Okay, so that's nehepach, right? Transformation. So they, they're transformed from water to blood. Wherever we're talking about all the other bodies of water, it says, Vahoyu dom. They will be blood. All right? In other words, basically, we'll soon explain what that means. But that's obvious. Read the post, just please, if you don't mind, to appreciate what he says. Just like, just read it. So let's take a look at the first Pasuk. Pasuk Yudzayin says, Mefurish. Hashem express, and we deal only with the Yair. The first Pasuk says, uh, 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 yeah, it says, They will be transformed to blood. Interestingly, and wherever, okay, we'll soon come to that. Let's go further. Let's go further. Now in the post test, 19, it says, he speaks to Aaron, and it says as follows. They will be blood. In other words, they are, I would say as follows, or maybe just to, for us to rephrase what he says, these actually were transformed to blood, this denial, and all the other bodies of water were bloody. You know, like if you drink and drive, you're a bloody idiot. Now, you're, your mom is bloody, you're not bloody, right? But you're a bloody idiot. You get it? So that's basically the gist of what we're saying. For how you're dumb, they were bloody, but it didn't, wasn't transformed to blood. We'll soon talk and explain it. Let's go on. We'll go on. I just want to just say as a quick, just to pass on. And let's go on. Now, in the post of coffee, you have the same. Read it. So we're talking about the yo'er again, right? Yo'er. Denial. Right? Yeah? Then read on, take a look. Then it's in it says at the end of it, it says, Where we're talking about the dumb it says, Yeah? Okay, that's in relation to the blood. Okay. And he says, once we've accepted this, once we appreciate that, it's obvious from the Psukim. He doesn't go in order, but he says what he says. He says as follows. <coughs> he says, the Nile was transformed to blood, became blood, and the others just were bloody. And basically, just to explain, I believe, I'm attempting to explain and understand what he says, and I believe the Pshat is as follows. Uh, the, for instance, the Rebbe brings in a Kutasichas, right? Uh, this known query, here. In general, this, this is all miracles, right? There's naturally, it's water, right? Or like in the case of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's hand, which became uh, uh, with this disease, leprosy, right? Etc. So these are all like in the case of, of, of uh, Ishtar Shaloit, was an Etziv Melach, right? What does it mean? Does it mean that it actually was trans... Ishter Shaloit, for instance. The wife of Lloyd was transformed to a, to, to, to a, to a pillar of salt. Did she actually become a pillar of salt? In other words, she's not transformed from something bodily, flesh, etc., to a pillar of salt, and now it's 
only salt and it's naturally salt, right? His hand, which becomes leprosy. The leprosy is a real thing. Is it really halachically regarded as leprosy? Which therefore all the criteria of leprosy would apply to that hand, which miraculously his hand becomes leprosy. Yes, so it should have all the guidelines of leprosy and the like. He needs a special tahara, etc. And the same goes for the blood. Do we say that when the blood was transformed to, from the water was transformed to blood, what does it mean? Did the actual nature of the water become blood? Or is it, so to speak, as follows? No, the nature remains water, right? It's just bloody. In other words, it looks like blood. It seems like blood. People refrain from it, but it could be that it's not actually blood. But it's, in other words, it's, it's, if you would put it into a lab, right, you will see that it has all the criteria of water, not blood. Now, the Rabbi Dafka has his take on it. He, with this, he explains, with this, Kiri explains the, the very uh, amazing Gemara at the end of Mesech Nida, if I recall correctly, where there the Gemara queries of Ishtar Shaloit Mitame. If Ishtar Shaloit is Mitame or not, what's the query? What a, a pillar of salt can cause. Ritual and purity? How can that be, right? But Dafka, if we will query what exactly occurred. So if it actually, its nature was totally transformed, so it's no more goof and effish, it's a pillar of water, so it can't, a pillar of salt, so there's, of course, no problem of ritual and purity. But if it remains initially a body with a soul, it's just, so to speak, externally, so to speak, right? A pillar of salt. So then possibly Tuma and Tara will apply, apply etc. Then the Gemara queries and the Rebbe explains it in that. Yeah, the same goes with the hand. So the Rebbe Chava Dafka learns that because it says in the Torah, Hashem had to give him a special commandment. It, he says, put your hand back into your uh, and then it will be, you'll be, you'll be healed. So it's clear. So Rabbi Shavu learns, ah, that shows that really his hand had the guideline of had all the halachic guidelines of leprosy, and he had to have a special special act of God to what to remove that leprosy, and therefore there was a special movement, a special act, a special command of him putting his hand back in. In other words, we look at it in two ways. If in other, in other words, let me rephrase it. In other words, Signanacher, the Rebbe says, this, these are his words. It, if the miracle, the initial miracle has it transformed, let's say, uh, from, from, from water to blood, so we would need a new miracle to have it transformed to get it back from blood to water, right? Because it's been already transformed. So the miracle transformed it, so there has to be a new miracle and another act of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bring it back to its initial stage of water. Mashegin, if I learn, no, that initially, in principle, in core, it remains blood. It's just an external thing. So how is it externally blood? Because there's an ongoing miracle making it look like blood. So it's enough that Hashem ceases to doing that miracle. He does not have to do an additional miracle to retransform it. He's good enough to stop making the initial miracle, which makes it look like blood, etc. Now, the Rebbe explains it his way. I'm telling you what the Rogachover says. Now, I'm not sure exactly how to fit in the Lukut with the Rogachover, even though the Rebbe Dafka brings the Rogachover in relation to the hand. But he doesn't talk about the blood and the water in relation to what the Rogachover says. The Rogachover says as follows. And here comes the difference between the body of water of the Nile and the other bodies of water. All the bodies of water are blood. There's just a major intrinsic difference between the, the, from water to blood, between the, the Nile and the other bodies of water. The Nile actually is transformed to blood, and it's blood. 
The nature change became blood. It became changed. The Teva Legamri, the nature of the, of the water becomes blood. And I believe it's really quite obvious in the Rabbeinu Bechai. Rabbeinu Bechai says, look, that's why the fish died. Why did the fish die? He says, because that's a proof that it's actually blood. Because if it was really, in essence, water, fish live in water, right? So it's just an external thing of blood. They, so they still, so to speak, the, 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 the coldness of blood, the, the faculties of the water, I'm sorry, or whatever it is, the, the, the tendencies of water, which can keep the fish alive. The Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, no, they died in the water, which follows very well with the Rogit Shover, right? Where does it say? Clearly, where does it say? Take a look at the Chumash. The only time it says that the fish died, right, was only in the case of the Nile. Only in that case. In the other bodies of water, there must have been fish there too. Doesn't say anything about the fish. Now, this follows beautifully with the Rabbi Shava, right? Based on the Rabbi Rebbe Because there, because it mamished, the whole thing was totally transformed. The nature of the water became blood. So fish can't live in blood, they can live in water. That's why they died. So yeah, now... You don't even have to learn that the, the, the decree was that the fish should die. Actually, the Adaris queries, we'll talk about it later. The Adaris queries in a Seder Parshish, which was recently published, I think it's the one you brought to Marriage Yisrael, so he queries, was there a special decree for the fish to die or not? We don't have to learn that way. Once we say that it actually turned into blood, anyway, in the meantime, we'll, we'll talk later about it. If time, if time won't lie, so I'll also forget it. So I'm hurrying up. I'm very sorry. We're going on. Slicha, no time. Manasseh. Here we have the president and the gab and the rabbi. Forget it. And I'm ended. It's ended. It's all over. I'm I don't know what to do. I'm under pressure. Give me, please. The whole crowd's here. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm revving them up. I'm enraging them. I understand. I have to be mezak. I have to prepare myself. Put up my dukes. Okay, here. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Yet zak. Oh, mashen get the other bodies of water. Okay, wonderful. Their nature didn't change. It just was, so to speak, bloody. Now we take based on this. We have to investigate exactly what it says that the midstream, when the Yidden drank it, it was water. When the midstream drank it, it was blood. And if they paid for it, it was water. So that's a proof, the Rebbe proves from that, that it actually didn't, wasn't transformed in, in core to blood. It was just an external thing. Maybe that only related to other waters. So we've got to see, according to the Rogachev, exactly how to treat it. It's also only a medrash, so I don't know if you have to worry about it. Let's go on. And the Rogachev says, Why take Why take dafka the Nile once transformed? Listen to this. So he says, look, the whole Makkah was to strike the Egyptians and, what, and this, their God, which they were in awe of. To get the, so he says, the Nile, we had to smite and strike. The other waters, we didn't have to. Therefore, even though they were part and parcel of this whole thing, it was the Makkah really didn't affect it in, to the core, right? in, 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 really to, 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 in the Kishka, so to speak. Only in the Nile. Why? And he says it's poshut. Because who are we striking? We have to strike the Mishra. They deserve to be, to be smitten, right? And also their God. So only the Nile really belonged to them and related to them. Right? You get it? And that time doesn't allow to elaborate. But based on a Tosfus, based on the Gemara, 
And a Tosfos and Babakamad of Pialif. He proves that due to the fact that they had to, they did their their chfira, they did their digging of the channels to bring the Nile to the rest of Egypt, right? And Dafka and that body of water that did it so halachically that is regarded as if they actually make an acquisition. They have a king in it. It's private property. It becomes theirs. It belongs to Egypt. So because it's privately owned, it's not a public body of water. So it's privately owned because only in that did they invest. And they, they, they had a hand in it, so to speak, because they dug those channels to extend the Nile. Therefore, it belonged to them. It was part and parcel of this. It's, it's private property. It belongs to Egypt. I belongs to Egypt. So, we got to strike you. Good. Mashenk, and therefore, it was totally smitten. In, 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 in other words, the, the Maka really affected it in total to the core. Mashenk, all the other bodies of water is, are coming from, from general world public waters. They're coming from public waters. All the other waters, are not public, which is in Egypt, are coming from other waters. Lavdafka, there are many different extensions of water extending into Egypt, but the Lavdafka, it was just a general body of water, right? Or coming from who knows where, from different rivers and oceans. I don't know, check it out in the map, in the Google map, wherever and how, right? But maybe, there are, doesn't explain and go into the details. But he says, due to the fact that they belong, the Nahorish shall rob him, the Mayim shall rob him. And interesting, you'll see, by the Yair, it's, it's singular. And when it comes to all the other bodies of all, it's plural. All plural, right? Why? Because according to the Rabbi it fits beautifully. Because these are bodies of water which belong to Kola Olam. No one has right, to, no one has any individual ownership on general oceans or rivers and the like, Right? The male are therefore, why should they be smitten? Therefore, if any, only in external fashion, they're affected only externally. Why does Moshe, so the Rosh Hashanah as follows. Moshe Rabbeinu, Dafke, did strike the Nile. Did strike the Nile. And only the Nile. Only the Nile. And Aaron struck all the other bodies of water. That's the Chiddush of the Rosh And the Rosh explains as follows. Because Dafke, Moshe, not like Rashi. Which, by the way, it's not Muzer, it's not, don't be surprised that he says so. First of all, Rabbi Chavar is Rav Guver, he can say what he wants, right? So it's just a matter of what Rashi says, etc. But not just, if you feel more comfortable, let me let you know that it says, Mamish, this way, the Abarbanel. He has problems with all the Psukim, because we have these contradictions, who's doing it, Moshe, Aaron, etc. So, and basically, he elaborates in a whole lengthy exposition that Moshe Rabbeinu strikes denial. He doesn't explain why. He just says, look, it's obvious from the Psukim. Moshe Rabbeinu strikes denial. Aaron Akkari strikes all the other bodies of water with their staffs, etc., etc. He doesn't explain why. But that he explains, go read through the parasha and you'll see, and he explains that Dafka Moshe refers regularly, on, ongoing, throughout the parasha, in an obvious fashion to denial. Aaron is related to all the other bodies of water. Just want to go on so it's already, I mean, if you need to have any base on what the Rokhachev says, it's already in the Abarbanel, even though it doesn't coincide with other Chazals and the like. Uh, let me just conclude. The Rokhachev explains why Dafka is Moshe Rabbeinu needing to strike the Nile. He says as follows. He says, to bring about miracles, you can be a great sage, right? Aaron Akoyim is also capable of making miracles, right? Now, Kodesh Baruch throughout the ages, appoints certain individuals who are, who are of, uh, capable to be, so to speak, the messenger of Kodesh Baruch to make miracles, to bring about miracles, etc., etc., blessing, miracle, etc. Therefore, Aaron Akoyim can definitely be the one, right? But guess what's going on? When it comes to a miracle in such a manner, the way we have to affect the other bodies of water, Aaron Akoyim is good enough for that. But what's going on with the Nile? For the Nile, we actually have to transform from water to blood. 
That's a transformation which is only in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's like the Gemara says, right? Oil burns when you put a wick and fire and oil, it burns. But vinegar can't burn, right? And what was the case with the girl, the child lights? The Gemara says himself the time, she lights the, 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 uh, her Shabbos candles with, with vinegar and she cried to her father and her father says, don't worry about it. Whoever decreed, it's, we think it's like a natural, a natural, a natural phenomenon, right? That oil burns. But he said, no, HaKadosh Baruch is the one who has the technique and ins- instituted the technique, right? That it so happens to be that oil burns. So whoever said oil should burn will say, Chaim should burn, vinegar should burn. And it lasted all Shabbos. So it's all So he says as follows. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu, to bring about a transformation, that means we have to really know the hidden technique. How do we create things? How do we change all? We, know, we, have, to know, we have to know the formula, right? You have to know, I know nothing about computers. I only know how to press the thing. But I have to know what's going on in the kishkis. I have to get it. I don't know what's going on. In the in the his, in the that, whatever you call it over there, yeah? Okay? I'll call upon him. I'm trying to say, so Moshe Rabbeinu knew what's behind it all. How do you know, says the Rogat Shover? It's a Nevuchim. It says a Murder Nevuchim. Chelek Alef Perik Nundalet. It says, Behold Beisi Nemon Hu. It says in the Chumash that Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who is most trusted. So the Murder Nevuchim, so the, the Rambam explains as follows. What does it mean? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by, the, by, by creation, he says, Vayara Hashem ki, Ashkola Sharosa v'hinei toiv ma'od. Hashem saw that everything he created is mamish perfect and wonderful and pleasant and good. That's what it says in the Chumash Embracious. Now, further on, and later in our parashas, we'll learn, it says, Vayavar kol tuvoi. What to say? By, in relation to Moshe Rabbeinu, by the, by the Yud Gimomidus. Aniavir kol tuvi. Hashem says in reference to Moshe Rabbeinu, Aniavir kol tuvi. Says the, the Rambam. HaKadosh Baruch is basically giving Moshe Rabbeinu within his powers, and it brings to his attention that he should know, have the full know-how, how everything works in creation. And he's, all the hidden, so to speak, formulas of how to create. And creation, HaKadosh Baruch is giving over the secrets of, re- of creation. He's giving it over to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's where it says, Kol Sharasa vini toiv ma'id, and the Ari kol tuvi. Says, Bameleh, the Rambam, he behold basi namen, it's only Moshe Rabbeinu who knows how to do it. Therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch has to smite and strike Egypt in such a manner that we have to transform from water to blood, who is it? Because only Moshe Rabbeinu can do it. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu is doing it. Now, She'en came, the other bodies of water. I'm concluding with one portion to think. Okay, I'll do a first talk about it. I can't talk anymore, but I'm sorry because I got, it's five minutes. I'm over time. Just it happens to be that there's a Gemara in the It's another. Okay, maybe we'll talk. We'll talk Wednesday. I'm, I'm ending. No, we have to end. Uh, can I another word? Another word? Just okay. Okay, good. Thank you. Whoever's going to listen to this recording, boy, who he's going to have? He's going to go to town. It's a the biggest joke. Okay, listen to Here we go. Uh, so just as a Gemara in the Sikhta Sanhedrin of Tzadik Tess who actually asks this kasha. The Gemara asks. It says, the Gemara states, the Gemara states as follows in Sanhedrin of Tzadik Tess Umud Beis, that Godel HaMa'as, not Godel HaMa'as, whoever impresses upon someone else to do a mitzvah, says the Gemara, it's regarded and the other fellow implements and does the mitzvah, it, we will give credit to the fellow who has impressed upon him as if he's done it himself. Says the Gemara, where we derive it from? We derive it from Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoyin. Aaron Akoyin actually is the one who struck the, the waters. Nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says in Parshas B'Shalach that Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who's striking it. 
Says the Gemara, from here we derive that due to the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu is impressing upon Aaron, therefore Moshe Rabbeinu is regarded as if he's done it. So what's really going on after we've discussed all of this? The Gemara actually treats it, and the Rogachova doesn't even raise this Gemara and bring it to our attention. So time doesn't allow to explain, but in, in principle, if you have a sefer called Paneach Rosa from one of the Rishonim, you look in Parshas B'Shalach, he actually asks this question, and the son-in-law of the, of the Maral Niprog uh, raises this, uh, an issue and asks this question on him, why he asks from there and not from there, and there's a sefer, Pirush Rosa the Mayor, which already brings out the Gemara to our attention. He, at the end of the, 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 the whole issue... He claims that even though the Gemara says so, but ain't mikro pshuto. He explains this Panech Rosa, and he says, due to the fact that there's a rule of the Shas, that you have to learn the Pshat of the Posik, so whatever the Gemara is saying is really allegorical, Midrashic, so to speak, right? Midrashic. And we have to learn Pshat. So for the Pshat, we have to reconcile it. So possibly the Rogachova's approach here is based on the Pshat. Now, I'm just saying another two. You're giving me? Thank you. Well, you're a doll. Am I allowed to say that? Excuse me. I didn't mean, I didn't mean it. Right? So what's doggo? What is doggo? So the Ibn Ezra says doggo means the species. The species. Says the Roger Chavar, it says in Mesichta Nadorim, Daphne Nalaf, as follows. That if, it says in the Bryce, in Daphne Nalaf, Amud Bey, it says the Gimor in Nadorim, that if someone says, if someone says, I will not have any benefit from dog, so he cannot benefit from large fish. If he will not derive, I, I shouldn't have any ben, I won't have any benefit from, from doggo, he can derive benefit from small fish. And the Ron explains what is the size of the fish, etc., etc. Speak to Yumis. Okay, let's go on. Then the Gemara says, well, yeah, if that's the case, take a look at Yoina. It says, the dog swallowed him, but then it says that the doggo spat him out. So what's going on here? It's the same fish. So the Gemara says, no. It's not the same fish. The Gemara says, no, first it was a larger fish, then it was a smaller fish. Anyway, then there's the Gemara, but what's going on? It says in the Furish, It brings this possible. The dog died. Says the Gemara, only the small fish died and not the large fish. So if what you're saying is correct, that dog are small fish and a dog is large fish, it comes out that only the small fish died, right? Says the Gemara, listen, and the run explains, definitely both all sizes died, all fish died, right? Says the run, it just says, says the run. The Gemara therefore says, what the Gemara meant to say is by Nidorim, we're talking about vows, and by vows it all, it all depended on what's in the person's mind and his definition, his interpretation. So when a person says dog means small fish, when he says dog means large fish, but in the, in the context of the Torah, dog means, like in the Chumish, it would have to mean both small and large. Says the Rogi Chover, going on When it says in the Torah, dog means only small fish. And Dogo means only small fish. And only the small fish died and not the large fish. And he brings again from Mesichte Gittin. Mesichte Gittin. Okay, Mesichte Gittin. And, and, and Mesichte Gittin. And based on the Talmud Yerushalmi, which is something very mamish revolutionary now from the Rogachover Goyen. Based on those Gemaras, he claims that a person, when it, we're talking about general bodies of water, right? So, or whatever. Either the Nile or the whole general bodies of water. You, a person can acquire, halachically, biblically, if he spreads a net, Right? If they're only small fish. But if they're large fish, there's no way he can make acquisition in them if he spreads a net, unless he actually catches it in his, in his, uh, a trap which, which is a receptacle, which is a receptacle. But if it's a trap, it's not good enough, like a net and the like, okay? So he wants to claim that due to the fact that we're striking the Egyptians, but only things which related to Egypt, right? Something which is their property. 
But just to smite whatever is no for what reason? There's no intent there. We have no intent there. We have no, there's no meaning there. So therefore he spoke, that's where he explained the differences between the bodies of water, right? That this is in the core and this is just external. The same goes with the fish. He says, only It's only the small fish, which there halachically one can have acquisition in it. So therefore in general bodies of water, they acquired it, so it became the Nechosim. It belongs to the Egyptians. It belongs to Egypt. Therefore we smite and we whack and we wipe out and they die. And did not die. Did not die, says the Rogachover. They did not. And how you fit it in with the Gemara is, doesn't even disturb me. You can work it out technically. Dafke, the Adaris queries. Did the small fish die? Did the large fish die? And he wants to claim that maybe the large fish didn't die because they're so old and strong that the blood didn't affect them. So there's room to argue that they actually didn't die, but it doesn't bring all these different dinyonim. The Rogachover is navel here. Keep well. Good night. Thank you. Yasha Kurth, Mr. President. That's all thanks to Eddie Jacobs. No. No. No.